guys, this is Dr. Molly. And Todd Rowland. And we're here with the podcast, The Business Side of the Pet Industries. And today we are excited to bring our first team interview with Ethan Parsons. And then we're also, he's kind of like an industry interview as well because he is a groomer and he's a competition groomer now. And we're just really excited to be here and coming to you live from PetQuest in Wilmington, Ohio. Okay, so sorry, Ethan. We're going to go over these first couple questions again. Um, our, we had a little mishap a minute ago where our system battery died. So that is just one of the hazards of trying to record live when you're at these events and things. Um, so we're learning, as you guys know. So, Ethan, thanks for being with us. We're excited to talk to you and all that. Um, so let's go into a little bit again of how you got into grooming. Yeah, so it was a complete accident. Um, I was actually working at Buffalo Wild Wings with somebody that had been a salon leader at a PetSmart um, in the past. And she, we both ended up quitting Buffalo Wild Wings. She went back to PetSmart and I went to Hardee's and that was a terrible decision. So I was looking for another job and she told me that she had worked with dogs and that sounded like a fantastic idea because that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. And I think I was a, I was a bather for, I think, three-ish months and then I went to um grooming academy and there we go awesome yeah so um I kind of the same way I was just I was working at a restaurant Applebee's actually and then wanted just to work with pets so I just applied at all kind of different places and PetSmart was actually the first place that called me and so I did the same thing I was a bather I think for like a month and they were just they were super short staffed with groomers, so they went ahead and sent me through Academy, and luckily the store I was at didn't, um, we were so busy and so understaffed, I got my, at, when I went through, it was 100 dogs you had to do to get your certification, so I got through those pretty quick, and by, I think, right after Thanksgiving, I was already from August to Thanksgiving commissioned, so that was good. Um so what uh, what was kind of your experience with that and working in the corporate world? And then, you know, why did you switch from like corporate to the private sector? So, um, so Molly had actually worked at one of the stores that I worked at, but before me, like we didn't actually meet until I applied with her. But as far as like looking outside, I wasn't really looking for another job or anything, but another person that had been a mutual worker of ours, like a mutual coworker of ours, told me that she was opening up a salon in my area. And I just kind of went in one day when I was feeling real bad about the store that I was working at. <laughs> it was like, hey, do you want a groomer? <laughs> please. please. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I remember when you came in, we weren't actually looking for someone, but then shortly after we, we were looking for part-time as we were starting to pick up and so that worked out because that was unfortunately during COVID. So I know corporate was slowing down, whereas the private, at least in our area, where we were really picking up because um, we didn't have to have the mandated closures and things like that. So luckily, um, you know, we were able to bring you in and then you started, I think, with just one day and then worked up yeah. to five. Um, so what, I guess, what was your, was there one thing in particular that just made you want to like, make the leap once you started working for for private for us like or it was it was a lot more relaxed when it came to like I, I honestly when it just came to sales like i know that that like obviously every salon needs to make sales everybody needs to make money i get that but 
it was it was a lot easier at Molly's because of the pricing that she had. Like it is, it's more expensive than a lot of the other places in our area, but we also do a lot more and we take care of the animals a lot more. Whereas the PetSmart or the district that I worked in at PetSmart, they were priced. It seemed like they were priced about the same, but the way that, I don't know. It was it was weird because it was like I still wasn't like living up to their standards, I guess, as far as sales goes. Yeah. And so w- once I started working for Molly's and it was easier, but I was making the same amount of money and I was, you know, yeah. everybody seemed happy. Yeah. It was just it was a lot nicer and it was it was very much it was very much less that kind of like factory feeling of like, you know, push the grooms out quantity over quality, you know, so it, it just worked out a lot better for me. Yeah. Yeah, as most of you guys, I think we've talked about before, we tend to brand ourselves as more as a luxury groomer. Like you said, we do um, focus on quality over quantity. And, you know, we do encourage our groomers to do continuing education thing. And our packages, they come with nails, ears, teeth, double bath conditioner, like blowout. Um, yeah, a lot of people will be, you know, a little shocked by our pricing, but we include everything. We don't. Like some of these big boxes, they'll have a very cheap haircut, but then by the time you get checked out, you're paying the same, if not. Yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of a, oh gosh, what was it, a Top Dog package? Yeah, Top Top Dog Plus. Top Dog with nail grinding. Yeah, Yeah, Top Top Dog Dog Plus Plus package at PetSmart (laughs) is like the equivalent of the services that we do. So, and I think that honestly, that might have been the difference is because. I'm not going to lie to you. I was not the best at upselling. Yeah. Like ever. <laughs> like that. I never tried to sell something of, that I didn't think a dog of, needed. You know, weren't. It's just, you yeah. know, if you're not a salesperson and then you're at somewhere where you're, you have to upsell yeah. things, you know, it, it can be quite difficult. So I think that's just one thing that, and now, you know, we still get the occasional person say, oh, well, I can get it, you know, cheaper here, $20 there, 40 off. And where I'm getting both my dogs right. And it's, like, well, that's great. So, you know, you're getting a great deal. Stay where you're at. So quick, quick, like transition <laughs> on that note. One of my clients yesterday was actually a client that had gone somewhere else because it was cheaper for a while. And then she came back yesterday and I was like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, yeah, I uh, took my dog to this groomer and they were doing a good job. But there were just a few things that they didn't do that you do. And I was like. I'll take care yeah. of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are the tips like from corporate to private? Like, what do you mean? Do you feel like you get more tips in the private oh, sector? Oh, absolutely. Mainly because PetSmart, at least at the time that I was working there, didn't let you do card tips. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all cash tips, and they didn't have anything up there saying, like, cash tips appreciated or we only take cash tips so a lot of people didn't even know that they were allowed to tip us yeah a lot of people didn't even know they were allowed to tip us whereas at molly's obviously we've got like a card reader system and everything so we can you know we just hand them our phones and (laughs) it has the auto thing where you pick 15 20 25 yeah so so i think that that's made a big difference and then i mean i really do get a whole lot more cash tips at molly's too but i think it's because they see the card tip thing. So maybe they don't tip the first time, but the next time they see that it is an option and it's probably not required, but it's like, uh, oh, very but much it is appreciated. A service. Maybe I should. Yeah, but, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. And so, how did you transform from just grooming Monday through Friday to competition? 
Um, so one of the things that Molly asked me when I walked in and begged for a job was <laughs> <laughs> she asked me, she's like, well, what's important to you? And one of the big things for me was continuing education because I like, you know, a lot of the corporate places tend to be like more of the same haircut or same style kind of over and over. And, you know, that's nice and everything, but um, I wanted to learn how to do like the actual patterns and, and all that stuff. And so Molly uh, ended up sending me um, to a seminar that Mackenzie Murphy was teaching in our Shout area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, she sent me to that to the seminar and I learned about competition dog grooming. I realized that that is going to be a fantastic way to learn the patterns and like get like good at the patterns. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's kind of how I started with the whole competition thing. I didn't really turn back. I jumped in with both feet. And well, not only did you jump in, poodles. you jumped in with a continental and a yeah. standard poodle. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I mean, with a, with a modified like continental. Whole body straight in. Like. Yeah, yeah, jumped in. Like, I, I, I think that, so that was August of the same year that I started. I started in January. She sent me to the seminar in August. And by that December, I had found... <laughs> a dog breeder for my first standard poodle <laughs> and drove to Louisiana to pick up my first standard poodle uh, the day after my birthday. Yeah, and then I think you did an Atlanta Pet Fair that. Yeah, I did right it. Right after you got her. I did Atlanta States, Pet Fair so, three months later, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I went in with a modified Continental. It was the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> she was I, woolly, but I did not just, de-shed yeah. her at all. <laughs> yeah, we, need a, uh, we need to post pictures of your first groom with her, too. You're all, you're competing with her this weekend also, so it'll oh, be... God. Oh, yeah, because I'm doing great, a modified yeah, this time, to too. to see yeah. that, that big transition from where you started just a few years ago to where you are now. Unless it looks bad. <laughs> Unless it looks bad. We're not gonna and so what is, what is your advice to people who want to get into competition grooming? How, what's the, a good way to get in and start if they've never done it? And they, let's just say they've never even been to com, the com, expos before. I mean, the, the best, like for me, just because we live in a smaller area, there's not a ton of like breeders. There's not a ton of uh, dog groomers that are like competition groomers that are like super close to us. Like the closest one that I know of is about an hour and a half away from us. Yeah. Um, but I would just say, just like find a dog, <laughs> like, you know, try and, uh, you know, message the, the groomers that you see online at competitions and stuff. They're very approachable despite the pictures and the RBF. Um, but, and, and so for everyone to know, you didn't spend $5,000 to get your first dog. No, I actually got really lucky. Um, so yeah, I, I, got, I actually ended up getting my poodle for free, um, but that's just because she needed another place to go. Um, she is worth $3,800. Yes, Don't she tell is. anybody. Don't <laughs> tell anybody. <laughs> she um, knows it too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would just say message one of the groomers. Start asking questions about like, you know, I want to get into this. You know, is there somebody that I can talk to? Like, who would you recommend for a dog breeder? Or, you know, is there... Is there any way that, or is there somebody looking to rehome a retired show dog? You know, a lot of breeders, a lot of groomers are looking to rehome uh, retired show dogs. Um, and I mean, one of my dogs is a retired show dog, and she's my creative dog for this year. This is going to be her last year, but yeah, <laughs> she's still, you know, she still is a retired show dog. And after this, she's just going to shave down and live her best life in our yard. Yeah. So. <laughs> And she's actually the mom of your other. Yeah, she's actually the mom so. of the one that I got first. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's nice. Have a whole little family. 
And I know we're jumping all over the place. How do you um, feel this industry supports the LGBTQ plus community? Oh, it's super supportive. I, I, I haven't met... I mean, like, I've seen a few random names on some of the Facebook groups every once in a while that'll make, like, a little kind of, like, offhanded comment or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, I would say 98% of the time, at the very least, 98% of the time, the people are accepting. And nobody gives a crap. And honestly... I would say that a lot of people expect you to be part of the LGBTQ plus community <laughs> when you're a male dog groomer. Yeah. So, like, I, it's always kind of been assumed for me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's good to hear that there is such support and oh, yeah. everything in a career that you love. And, you know, that's kind of, I don't know, it's reassuring to hear. You know, there's not a lot of industries, I feel like. And luckily, you know, the pet industries do have a lot of creative people and a lot of individuals and things so the fact that you know you feel supported yeah. and like everyone can feel supported like it doesn't matter you know like what your style is yeah. what you're into what your lifestyle is like you can just come out and oh, yeah. you know mesh with people who I, just love what they do and want yeah. to share that yeah and i think that a big part of that is you a lot of people don't realize it takes a lot of empathy to work with animals like you yeah can't talk to them you have to realize what they're going through in order for them to be comfortable because you know, and so having that amount of empathy translates to the other people in, in your field as well. Yeah. You know, so being able to see from that other person's point of view help helps make it a little bit more accepting. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think that works. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2018, you got started. Yeah. Last year, you're voted the best groomer in the county. Hey, yeah. and best of the best You know these yearly awards. So and and then last competition you got honorable mention. Yeah, for my creative groom with uh, my dog Bethany, which was actually your first time competing. Yeah, right? yeah, so that was my first time competing with creative. Yeah. So I mean, how did you feel when that happened? Really surprised. <laughs> uh, so I hadn't actually finished the group. Uh, so I was really surprised that I yeah. I got honorable mention. But it was really good. It, it kind of it motivated me more to do better this time, obviously, you know, yeah. to finish the groom this time. Because even though that was my first time competing with creative, it was actually supposed to be my second time. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was supposed yeah. to, you know, at groomed, it was, you know, Atlanta Pet Fair changed from that to groomed this year. Right. And I went to that competition, didn't finish, felt super uncomfortable going on stage and decided not to. And I got so much crap from every other groomer that was up on that stage. Like, oh, you should have come up anyway. You would have done great. Yeah. So, so what then, is the difference yeah. kind of there from just like a normal breed competition versus the creative? Like, how have you feel? Like, I, we've noticed more and more groomers. You know, it is a growing competition yeah. field. So, like, what was the support like as a new groomer getting into that? And, you know, in I the mean, creative with the judges and the other com uh, competitors? I think? would say that it was honestly a little bit more supportive okay. than the breed standard competitions. Um, and it's just because... Like, there's there's no rules. Like, you yeah. know, you, you can do whatever you want to on... The, well, just about. Okay. Yeah. But you can, like, within reason. You can do whatever you want to on the dog. No one's going to say yes or no. I mean, the main critiques are going to be, like... It's going to be about technique, you know? It's not going to be about the design overall. Whereas, with breed standard, it's a bit intimidating because you see all these gourd... Like, you know, I, I do creative and I do poodle competitions right now. So, poodles 
see like these gorgeous sculpted f giant fluffy haircuts and um whereas with creative you see different shapes everywhere you know yeah. like it's it's just a little bit less intimidating having to go in with rules yeah you know when you're comparing yourself to yourself and what you did last time and what you wanted to achieve and not every other dog exactly. that's in that same haircut and you know is you have do you have one thing out of place or you exactly know? so do you uh do you have a favorite between the two or do you just like different things about both of them i think i like different things about both of them because it i feel like you can do a lot with creative if you just do creative and you can do a lot with breed trims if you just do breed trims but it's like the breed trims it's i always equate it to like to singing because that's what i know um opera is like you you get taught the techniques you get taught how to use the different muscles in your throat you get taught how to do the different noises and everything where and then you compare that to like pop singing or you know something that's more modern now yeah. and it's a bit more free you can do whatever you want with your voice but if you have that background of structure it makes those other those other more creative things a bit more uh, a bit easier yeah. I would say okay and so what is new for you I know you just got a sponsorship oh yeah I got a sponsorship from Precision Sharp Company shout out um, <laughs> they, they uh, I think I was I think I'm either the first or one of the first competition groomers that they have sponsored they haven't ever had a uh, competition team before this year awesome so and I then, got through I got that through my friend Melissa who works for them so She's and awesome. then why um but you love precision sharks. I, yeah. I mean, as far as I can remember, <laughs> yeah. you have been, you know, preaching their shears. Yeah. And half our team uses them now and that yeah. kind of stuff. So they're just great shears. I mean, I, you know, not to shamelessly plug, but they, yeah. they are, they're fantastic shears. They're fairly reasonably priced. I mean, I would say they're mid range as far as pricing goes. They're yeah. not quite Kenshi, but they're not quite Amazon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, their sharpening services, I've never had an issue with their sharpening services. Every time they've sent something back to me, it's worked. So, and then they've got a few different designs with the different lines that they have. Yeah. Um, everybody that I talk to at the booth when I go to competitions are, they're all really knowledgeable and they're all really, you know, just ready to show you which shears are going to work best for you and yeah actually know them and yeah. what they're good for yeah so what does the next five years look like for ethan i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> so the whole plan is to become a teacher of some sort so you know i would love to be able to travel around and, and teach dog grooming that i know is going to take years so i don't know if it's going to be i'm you know starting to teach or if i'm you know competing more often or if i'm you know splitting it like i am now between pet grooming show grooming like it's kind of up in the air i'm going with the flow you know is there anything, life yeah yeah is there anything in particular you want to teach like do you like want to do more creative want to do more structure want to do more intro grooming like or do you you don't you're not sure on that yet either i'm not really sure on that yet either i think I think that I'm just disconnected far enough now to not necessarily be a great intro teacher, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, I've done it for a while. I've practiced, I've talked, I've done the research and all that stuff. I know a good bit, but like I, it's kind of hard for me to remember what it was at a starting point. Yeah. And I don't think that it's great for a teacher to teach when you don't remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't really step into the empathy thing. You can't step into your student's shoes. Yeah you know as easily but 
I mean, I I would love to be able to teach whatever level or whatever um, style at this point, just because it's fun. Because <laughs> we're just starting to see, and I'm sure you're seeing it too, is a lot of, you know, there's a lot more individual, not individual classes, but there's a lot more people are holding classes at their salons. Yeah. Like there was one we sent uh, one of our team members to, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, Memorial Day weekend for oh. cat grooming. Yeah. In oh, gotcha. Alexandria, and Nashville. there's one about, about an hour from our salon right now that's going on, I believe, Saturday or Sunday. And, it's, you know, it's great for people who can't afford to travel yeah. and be gone a whole weekend or can't, you know, they have kids or something and they can't get away. But just to, and those things are great because it's a smaller pool of people. Yeah. Like you... 10 or 15 people max. Exactly. And one-on-one and... And most of the time, like the one that Molly sent me to that got me started on all this, um, sh- they did, you know, like two days of, you know, the the seminar holder up there doing the, the work and everything. Yeah. And then they did two days of private lessons where everybody had a dog on a table you groomed it, they would walk around and critique you, yeah. walk around and help you out with whatever, and that's fantastic, doing the one-on-one learning yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, so. and it's a great way to network, too. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like that's the one that's about an hour. That's, say, and that's that, how I met, like, four of the people that I'd still talk to, yeah. you know, and, and, and ask think, advice and yeah. everything. And that, that was kind of like how you ended up with Phoebe, wasn't it? Oh, was yeah. through someone you met there, so. Yeah, it was actually through Mackenzie Murphy. Yeah. So I did a seminar with her in Cincinnati, like, a month later, and then, I told her I wanted a poodle real bad, and she's like, my breeder has this one. And I was like, cool, I'll go grab her from Louisiana. Quick trip. (laughs) So, yeah, even if you don't, uh, if there's not a big expo around you or you don't think you can afford to go, just start looking around, Google networking, get on your local sites um, for groomers, and find some of those little one- or two-day seminars. And they have a lot of webinars now, too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of webinars. And I know that you're not in person, you don't have your hands on the dog, but you can still watch and learn a whole lot of stuff one of the ones that I took was a schnauzer uh, webinar from Emily Landers and I learned a ton about the schnauzer trim just from that webinar you know yeah so it it helps a whole lot just to be able to see it and watch somebody grooming and you can usually like there's a comment section so you can ask questions and things like that yeah from a reputable groomer you yeah. know and not just something that someone filmed on their backyard on youtube yeah. so, <laughs> okay this was yeah. in her living room though. Yeah. So, let's, okay yeah. let's be careful because this was in her living room where the webinar was <laughs> Details. So, so uh what are you looking forward to at pet quest the most this um, weekend like what either to see or to get out of it or to compete or like what is like the number one thing you're just like super stoked about this weekend so this is the first time that i'm competing with both poodles and this is hopefully the also going to be the first time that i finish my creative group so okay. basically just seeing how i handle all of all that of them, you know yeah. all the prep all the everything and get like actually reaching the finish line this time no matter what happens at the end there i don't care yeah i just want to do better than i'm than i did myself last time okay so that's always the goal is just to do better than myself last time well well you have a lot of support we have oh yeah (laughs) eight eight, eight of us from the team are here and then i know you said you had some family here so yeah i've got five you have no choice but to bring it Right? Exactly. So, you know what? This is the perfect time. It's yeah. okay. Um, well, yeah. we have eight from Molly's Pampered Paws. You have, I think, five from your family. And, and then possibly assistant. a sixth coming on Saturday. Okay. So, and yeah. then you have an assistant that's not Molly's Pampered Paws. <laughs> yeah. So, I would we're excited. And then I've got all of my groomer friends that are, yeah. you know, all yeah. of my sh- actual competition friends that are like, whoop. Yeah. So, yeah. 
It's it's a it's a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot, and we're gonna do our best. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for us? Um, I don't think so. I just. Yeah, I mean, I just I I really appreciate everything that you guys have done to support me with this. That's really it. Is is like I don't like this wouldn't have been here without you guys. So yeah. the, you know. Do you think you'd still be grooming had you not made that's, the switch out of corporate? That's a hard question because I even at even at PetSmart I loved grooming. Yeah. I just the didn't quite love the environment. Yeah. So I think that it would have been a lot of like bouncing around salons until I found the right, the right one. So yeah. luckily it was right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I got real lucky there. So yeah. Um, I think that I would still be grooming. I think that I would have probably had a good bit more burnout. Yeah. If I had eventually gotten to you or eventually gotten to the other place, like another good place, I, I think I would have been a lot more burnout by that point. Yeah. But yeah. Because awesome. it's always been good money. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's always been good money. Yeah, it's a good industry for money for sure because yeah. uh, people love their pets and you guys have all seen the boom over the last couple of years oh, too. Yeah. So I know we're in a little small oh, town and I mean, puppies. we just, we're busier than we can handle. Yeah, because, yeah, COVID puppies. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we had nothing to do for two years but get dogs and walk them. So, exactly. Um, and those doodles. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a doodle, okay, Ching? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think that uh, that's about it for us. We're going to wrap this up. So thank you. We appreciate it. If there's anything else you want to add, let us know. We can put it in. And good luck this weekend. We cannot wait to see you finish. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we have a couple more team member interviews uh, from PetQuest, but hopefully uh, one of them will be able to give an update on uh, where Ethan did on Sunday. Yeah. And we'll be here this weekend. (laughs) So if any of you guys out there hear this and want to do an interview or at least get with us to set up a time, let us know. All right. Thanks. Everybody have a great day. Thanks.